0: Well, good morning, Rocky Peak. Great to see you today, both here in our worship center over in the Ridges. Want to welcome you in. Uh, we're going to go into our time of teaching here in just a minute, um, but I have a couple things I want to call your attention to. You know, last week I mentioned it, but I know it's the time of year. A lot of people are traveling and so on, but. Uh, you know, so I thank you uh, that we ended the year so strong financially. I'll be sharing with them more as we go into January. But thank you for that. But also I mentioned last week that this initiative for the poor we had for Uganda Girls Home, you know, our goal was to raise about $80,000 because that would allow them to build this home that would serve 100 girls, kind of off the streets, provide a place for them to learn and grow in, in a safe environment. Um, and so we wanted to get at least 80000 well, We have passed over $200,000 yeah. now. And so um, they are so excited because, I mean, this wasn't going to be built without, without this. And so they have actually broken ground. We've got a few pictures to show you. And so if you go to the screens, uh, there we go. We see yeah, that's starting to go. You can move to the number two. Keep it going there. Yeah, we've got something going on there. Not sure what that is. The next one's my favorite. Next one's my favorite. I think that's the cage. I'm not sure what's that. That's like for cage fighting they do in Uganda. Uh, And then the next one, uh, the last one you see, so we don't have any drone shots or anything, but I just thought it'd be fun to show you that they have already broken ground and they are so excited. And so we're going to just see how that project goes, but we'll keep you up to date. I also wanted to mention to you that this week I'll be sending a ministry update out, uh, update letter out, uh, that at the end of this month, two weeks from tonight, we have our next encounter now, if you've never been to an encounter, it's a time of uh, kind of worship, uh, praise, a little bit of vision casting. This particular encounter, because it's the start of the year, we'll do like a five-minute uh, vote on our 2018 budget and elders. And so in preparation for that, I'm sending out a ministry update letter about the God in a girl's home and about finance and budget this year and, and elders and encounter and so on. So that'll be coming this week. Now, um, uh, a couple of things for you to uh, uh, note as well then is um, that this week, um, we do not having the program this week, but we're sending 18 people to Thailand this week. And the reason that we're doing that is because they just all need a vacation. And no, just kidding. Uh, but uh, no, uh, you know, we're partnering with an organization called Zoe, which is a fami- uh, famous organization that does great work in sex trafficking. One of their main places they work is in Thailand. They're going to be working here in LA, uh, up in like Lancaster, Palmdale area, and we're going to be partnering with them. And so we're sending a team over just to, to kind of explore to way, how can we partner with them, especially as they build their facility here in LA. So we've got 18 people going over this week for about 10 days. And so I uh, just want you to be praying about that. Um, as you, as you think about that, as the Lord brings that to mind. But we're going to go into a time of teaching. I can't remember if I mentioned, but my name is Michael. I'm one of the pastors. If it's your very first time here, like, who's the guy on stage? Uh, so uh, I'm one of the pastors. And so if you're here for the very first time, we're so excited you're here. You've come in a great season, a great time. Uh, and so we're going to pray now and uh, jump in, except inside your program is a green and white message note sheet. So you definitely want to pull that out if you're new, because that's what we use it every week. So are you guys ready to go? All right, let's pray. God, we're just excited to be here at the start of a new season, um, a start of a, a, new, uh, a new series for our church, it's just a, a whole new transition into a new year and new steps of growth. And so, God, we pray that you would come by the power of your spirit. God, I pray you'd strengthen me, my, my thoughts be clear, my words be clear. Uh, strength of my voice. I just pray God is for us whether we're here in the worship center or over in the ridge that your spirit would come just thick right now and he would hover over this place and he would create and call forth beautiful things that we would listen and follow. We pray this in Jesus name and everyone said amen. amen. So our story today it begins last June and so about a year ago um, I had bought a new motorcycle. Now a lot of you know that I've, I've ridden a Harley but uh, I bought a new motorcycle. And for those of you who care, it's probably about three of you, uh, it's, a, it's a different kind of motorcycle. So it's, a, it's called an adventure bike, kind of a dual sport bike. So it's designed to kind of go anywhere in the world, kind of around the world. It's a Triumph, a Triumph Tiger. And so anyway, I'd been looking forward for months to June, preparing for a long time to go on a major trip up the West Coast. And so the plan was to go uh, all the way up to Canada, maybe cut over then to Montana. I was going to make it up as I go. It's like not real clear, but visit family and friends along the way. So the first stage of the trip, I was going to go through uh, California like normal people do on roads, you know. Uh, but then once you hit Oregon and Washington, they have this incredible network of backcountry trails, uh, forest roads, often you're going over mountains and passes and streams, and you can do it all on dirt, uh, all the way through Oregon and Washington. And so that was the plan. Now, of course, I'd done my research, as I always do, and, and all the sites that said never do this by yourself. Um, but, you know, like how bad can it be? So uh, I took off, uh, took off on a Tuesday. I headed up two days. I, I get to Eugene, Oregon. Uh, I spend the night there. Then I get up the next morning and I uh, head off about two hours into the wild into the forests, uh, the mountains of, uh, of Oregon. And it's absolutely spectacular. I mean, it's snow-capped things. Like many of the passes, I'm going to have to figure out what to do because there's still snow there. And, uh, and so it's just absolutely gorgeous. it has been a lot of rain last year, and so everything was green. Pine trees everywhere, deciduous trees f- filling it in, and it's gorgeous. So about two hours after riding into the mountains, I arrived a little after lunch, uh, and I find my first uh, trailhead, this first forest road, and I take off. And it is amazing. I mean, blue skies, puffy white clouds, gentle breezes, mid-60s, Cheryl uh, Crow in my helmet. Uh, it was just like... And, I am, and I'm just loving this, you know? I'm kind of standing up on the bike and over, uh, over uh, hills and down valleys and through gravel and through my first water, you know, kind of waterway, like the roads flooded out for 30 yards, kind of ride through that. And it's just this incredible adventure and it's a lifelong dream. And I'm just loving it uh, until, uh, until I wasn't. Uh, well, today we are... Uh, <laughs> we're continuing our series, or starting a brand new series called Rooted, the Rhythm of Relationship. And for those of you brand new, this is such an awesome time for you to be joining us uh, because we're, we're at the, kind of embarking on a whole new adventure, not only in our weekend services, uh, but also for the, only the second time in the last 13 years, all of our life groups, uh, 155 life groups, are going to be going through the same study together. And so, uh, as we kick off this study today, I want to start with uh, three passages from one of the key leaders of the New Testament uh, church, early church. His name is Paul. We call him the Apostle Paul. He's writing a letter to some young Christ followers in the ancient city of Colossae, which is in modern day Turkey. Now, uh, just for this week, I don't know if we'll do it after this, but for this week, because I'm guessing we probably have some guests here, you may or may not have Bibles or brought your Bibles. Uh, that we're going to put, I'm going to put all the passages today that I'm referring to in our handout. Uh, if you've got your own Bible, of course, use your own Bible. It's always better than your own Bible. But if you if you don't have that, you'll have them all there. And then if you're saying, well, like, what kind of Bible should I get to be kind of part of this? Uh, you can talk to our bookstore afterwards. They can show you different samples. You can get them online, get them at a bookstore. You can download apps. The particular version we use is on the back of our note sheet. At the bottom, it tells you what version we use. But uh, for today, we're gonna uh, kinda, I'm gonna put them all there, so it makes it easier. So there in your notes, you have a section called "Rooted: The Epic Vision." So let's launch in. We're gonna start with a little Bible study. So the first passage. Uh, l- let me set it up. The Apostle Paul is writing to a group of new Christ followers. Uh, Paul has never met these people. They've come to Jesus through a friend of his who's led them to the Lord. But, of course, the Apostle Paul is one of the key leaders of the early movement of Jesus, and so he's been praying for them, and he wants to write them, and like, here's how to grow in your new walk with Jesus, and give them some tips. And so he writes this letter, and as he does often in his letters, he starts with a greeting, um, but then he moves quickly into a prayer. This is what I'm praying for you. And so if you look on your note sheet, we'll walk through this first prayer. The cool thing about Paul's prayers is that Paul's prayers often reveal God's vision for our life. Because what he's praying for is kind of God's vision for our life. So he says, uh, since the day we heard about you, and remember he hasn't uh, met them, so since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you, and we continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will. So this is his core prayer, that, that God would just kind of open your eyes, and he would fill you with the knowledge of his will. Not, he's not talking about like, Uh, who to marry or where to work, he's talking about kind of his vision for this new life in Jesus. And he says, this will happen through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. So the way we grow as followers of Jesus, the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to new truth, we listen and follow, we grow, right? So he says, I'm praying the Holy Spirit will uh, open your eyes to this. And he says, the reason I'm praying this is so you can live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way. God has a new calling on your life, and you want to live up to that calling. And then he says, this is what it looks like. He's going to give us four examples of what it looks like to be living out the will, living out, uh, pleasing God in every way. Um, he says, first of all, bearing fruit in every good work. And so as followers of Jesus, and we'll be learning this in Rooted, God has called us to be, play an important part in this story. We each have an important part to play the Bible often describes that impact we have in terms of bearing fruit. So he says, we're going to bear fruit. That's number one. Number two, we're going to be growing in the knowledge of God. So we've come to Jesus. We've started to know him. But there's so much more to learn, so much more to grow, so much more uh, closer to draw to him. We want a real relationship, a firsthand relationship. We're to hear his voice, follow him. So he says, that's the second. We're going to be growing in the knowledge of God. So the third thing I'm praying for is you'll be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might or power. Uh, so there, as new believers in Colossae, they're already beginning to experience persecution. It's not always easy to follow Jesus. He says, I'm praying that you'll learn how to tap into God's power so you can strong and endure any challenges you face. And then the fourth thing he says is that you uh, that you'll be joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has rescued us ...from the dominion of darkness, the dark side, and he's brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves... ...in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And he says, I just want you to pray the Holy Spirit opens your eyes this amazing thing that's happened to you. That you have literally been transferred from the, from the power of darkness to the kingdom of light. And it's all happened because of Jesus' death for you, this redemption... And he said, I just pray that God would show you that so your life would be one of increasing gratitude, just blown away of how much God loves you. So that's number one passage, all right? It's a prayer for them. Number two passage, we go to chapter two. And in chapter two, he says, so just as you received Christ as Lord and you've come to the Lord, so continue to live your lives in him. You've come to Jesus. You've trusted him. You've given him your life. So continue to walk that out. And then what's the next word? Root it. Uh, he, says, he says, compare them to a tree. He says, you want to be rooted and built up like a building, uh, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thank- thankfulness. So he says, you've come to Jesus now like a tree. We want to put our roots down deep like a, like a huge temple or tower. You want to be built up strong so you can become everything God has for you. Then the third passage is in Colossians chapter 3. And so this is a, a, a famous passage because we studied it last year. At this time of the year, we did a series called Renew, and this was the key passage for that whole series. And now Paul is going to get very practical. You know, what does it look like to live the, leave the old life behind and to live this new life, live a worthy life? It's going to get practical. One of the things it means is we're going to learn to be truth-tellers. Because anytime deception enters into any relationship, like deception is... Corrosive. It's like the asset of relationships. It erodes trust, and trust is the currency of relationships. So he begins to get practical and he says in verse 9, he says, So don't lie to each other since you've taken off your old self, your old person, uh, with its practices, and you put on this new self. But then catch what he says next, which is what? Good, let's circle it. Being renewed. So what he's saying is that when you come to Jesus, that we enter into a transformation process and that we are becoming renewed by the power of God's spirit. we're, We're being renewed. We're being changed. We're being transformed. And he said the goal of this renewal is that we're being renewed in knowledge in the image of the creator. In other words, as a race, we were created to be like God. We were created in the image of God, to be like him in our core character, but when we rebelled, we lost that. As a race, we are no longer like him. He said, so God's vision is to restore us to where we're like our creator again, all right? So three passages, I want to draw two important principles from them, highlight two things that are two principles that are going to carry us all the way through every week of Rooted, all right? So there in your note sheet, you have a section called Rooted, the path of transformation. So two things jump out from these three passages, number one, this is something we talk about all the time here at Rocky Peak, but it's so critical for this series, uh, where we're headed and rooted, is that God has an epic vision. God has an epic vision, and I don't use that word epic lightly. Does that mean sensational or whatever? When you talk about, hey, you're being transferred from a kingdom of darkness to a kingdom of light. When you're being renewed in the image of your creator, these are huge visionary words. And so we're going to see all through this series in Rooted, one of the things we we'll are be looking at is this epic vision that God has for our lives. So what we're going to see, we've talked about this before, but God's vision for our lives as followers of Jesus is so much bigger than we would simply come to Christ, be saved from our sins, and go to heaven when we die. It's not that it's not true. It's just a very truncated vision. It's like uh, the black and white version versus the 4K 3D version. Right? That God's vision is so much bigger that when a man or woman comes to Jesus, he has an epic vision of our life that's no less than radical transformation. But here's the thing is it's not just about us. That what we're going to learn in this series is that God has a vision for all creation. And that his vision is big. His vision is not to save us. We go to heaven when we die. That his vision is to restore all of creation. To heal it. To bring all of creation healed and restored under the leadership of its creator again. And to restore what the Bible would call shalom to all creation and so really in one sense, and we'll talk about this more next week, the, the story of the Bible is the story of Shalom. Created for Shalom, we lost Shalom, what God is doing to restore Shalom. And what we're going to see in this series is that God has a vision to restore all of creation, a new heavens, a new earth, and guess what? A new community to rule with him over the new creation, which is the new community of Jesus. And so in, when you get to... Uh, Colossians chapter 1, in the middle of the chapter, Paul talks about this cosmic vision. And if you look there in your note sheet, he's talking about Jesus and, and how our view of him needs to expand. And he says, the sun, talking about Jesus, is the image of the invisible God. So I love the way that one translation puts it, that he is the visible image of the invisible God. And he says he's the firstborn or the the one who's in charge over all creation. Why? Because in him all things were created. He's the creator, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, like seen and unseen, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and then catch this through him, through Christ, to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making what? Peace, shalom, wholeness, restoration. God's vision is for all creation to be restored. And this is going to happen through his blood shed on the cross. And so we're going to see it Rooted, as we go through this, God has an epic vision for your life, for all creation, and we're going to find out the part that we play in it. Now the second one follows, uh, follows hard on the heels, and it goes like this: that this epic vision, this vision, it's for every Christ follower. As this vision we just read about, it's not for the spiritually elite. It's not for the spirit the, the spiritual Navy SEALs. The vision is not just for like pastors, priests, and popes. The vision is for. Every single Christ follower. You know, a couple months ago, I was reading in Colossians, and I came across this passage It just hit me with a new force. And uh, it said something I, I really hadn't realized before, and I think probably because in the NIV it's not as clear, but on this day I happened to be reading it through in the Greek, and it was really clear. And I put it in the New American Standard Version, because the New American Standard is a very Literal version, like more Similar to the Greek, it does a word order, exact Words, and I put it there, and I, wanted, I want to Share it with you, and it says so, so remember at the beginning of the letter, Paul Kind of introduced himself Briefly, and then prayed for them, he Talks about Jesus, now at the end of the letter At the end of chapter 1, he's, he's Telling them a little bit about who he is Remember he's never met these people So they know he's the Apostle Paul, they know He's an important guy, but like What's he about? What's his ministry about? So he's explaining that. So he says, we, meaning himself and his leadership team, he said, we proclaim him. He says, what we do is we tell the world about the Messiah, about Jesus. And he said, the way we do this is we admonish, which means like to warn, we admonish, uh, what's the the next two words? Every Every man. Can you circle that? Okay, now, of course, by every man, he means every person, right? So we admonish every man, and we teach, what? Every man, can you circle that? With all wisdom, that we may present, what comes next? Every man, we come back to that, complete in Christ. Now, what does he mean by complete in Christ? Well, the word in Greek is the word Talios. Which means perfect, whole, complete. And so what he's saying here is this vision we just talked about. Like like what's his vision that, that every, every person that would become to be filled with the knowledge of his will? Remember what he's praying for? filled with the knowledge of his will, that they might live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way and bear fruit in every good work and grow in the knowledge of God, and be strengthened with all power according to his glorious mind and giving thanks and being rooted and then built up and being renewed in the image of the creator. That's what he's talking about. That's what he's saying is that that this is what we, we are working for and we're working really hard at it. We're working that every man, but here's what struck me in the Greek that day that just was so clear that I'd missed it before is in the Greek it's more obvious because in the Greek every noun is either singular or plural. And so in the Greek, every man is panta, which means every man, anthropon. And so I'm reading this, and it reads along, and it says, so we are admonishing panta, anthropon, teaching panta, anthropon, so we can present panta, anthropon. He is obviously making a point. And what he is saying is that his mission in life is to come along every single Christ follower and help them become perfect, complete, whole, bearing fruit, filled with the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, rejoicing in what God has done, roots going deep, being recreated like the creator. This is his vision, every single person. So what this means is there's not two different visions. There are not Two different standards. There's not one standard for me and a different standard for you. There is not one vision for Pastor Michael because he's like a pastor and there is a divide by three vision for me because I'm down here. There is one vision for Panta Anthropon. Every single person. It is the same vision and God has a vision for your life And it's one of the lies of the enemy that there's different visions for different people. And throughout church history, we have seen this lie perpetrated time and time again. Very early on in church history, this became, there's one vision for priests and monks and one vision for laity. Then the Protestant movement came along and we just in one sense adopted that. We broke free of a lot of it, but we kept on, and so we look at this and we say, yeah, for pastors, for uh, parachurch leaders, maybe for elders, for, for certain people, there is this standard, and there's this vision, but for the rest of us, we are down here, and it's one of the greatest lies of the enemy. If he can control your vision for your life, he's got you. If you buy into the wrong vision of your life, he's got you. We cannot break away from a false identity of ourselves. If we are not clear on who we are, we cannot become the people we were created to be. Are you with me in this? We have got to break this out. There are not two standards. There's one vision for every Christ follower and it is perfection in Christ that you would rise up, that you would be grow, that you would bear fruit, that you would be full of the knowledge of God, that you would have great strength and endurance. Your roots would go down deep and you would be renewed in the image of your creator. And that's the vision. And what this means is it? it doesn't matter where you're coming from. It doesn't matter where you were raised. It doesn't matter which side of the tracks. It doesn't matter which race. It doesn't matter whether you're born in the United States or you immigrated to the United States. And it doesn't matter whether you're born in Norway or Haiti or Africa. God has one vision, one vision. And that vision is that we would be transformed into the image of His Son. We would become the people we are created to be. And that is the vision that we're gonna be exploring enrooted and seeking by God's grace to tear down the old visions that have separated us from our high calling and our true calling that's on every page of the New Testament. Now, in uh, in this series, as we come each weekend, that whether you're in a rooted group, or you're doing Rooted on your own, or you're not for whatever reason in Rooted, you can't or you don't want, whatever, it doesn't matter, this series is for you. That every week, this series is going to speak to you, regardless of whether you're in a Rooted small group. But on this first weekend, I need to set us up for our first life groups this week, because uh, so many of us are in life groups, most of us are, and as we go, there's certain elements uh, in Uh, rooted groups that are not in a normal, regular life group, all right? So there in your note sheet, you have a section that's called Rooted, a Roadmap. And uh, I'm going to be your tour guide for the next few minutes. And think of me as the Rick Steves of Rooted. And uh, I just want to highlight for you four differences between a rooted life group and a normal, regular life group, all right? And this is just so you're, you know what's coming as you go to your potluck and your covenant this week. So number one, the first thing that's going to be uh, different is you're going to have a rooted study. right? So you're going to have this workbook that you need to get outside if you haven't got it yet. And so, um, and so this is an incredible study. I'll talk more about it later. But one of the things I love about this study is the way it's laid out. Not only is the, the content amazing, but it's laid out so that the study is broken into five, diff- five different days of study. So it's designed in such a way to help you develop what we've been calling a rhythm of relationship in your, uh, in, in your walk with God, in your daily personal time with God. And so, uh, so I want to encourage you to make this a high priority. It's one of the reasons we're doing this. And so if you're, gonna get, uh, you're, you're going to succeed in Rooted, you need to set aside this time. Now, if you weren't here last week, I did a message on spiritual training. We talked about how to do that, how to succeed in this. Highly recommend. If you missed last week, go to YouTube and watch, right? Uh, but uh, this is what i say: Hey, can you do life group homework the way you normally do it? Like on the way to life group? Uh, yes. Yes, you can do that. You can do a lousy job. Uh, And you can come and you can look fairly intelligent and you won't be embarrassed, but you will not grow, right? You're going to miss out on what God has for you because this time of daily reflection, they're going to walk you through a process. You can't just cram that into one hour before you go, okay? Number two. Second thing is that every week you're going to have some scripture memory. So one of the marks of a rooted group is every week you're going to have a verse to memorize. I know some of you are so excited about that and some of you are dying right now. Uh, and so we're going to make this really easy, so you're not only going to memorize it, when you come to your group, you're going to recite it together, right? So this is how you're going to, this is how I'm going to do it in my group, like person number one, would you stand up and recite? <laughs> no, it's fine, okay. Yeah, I'm just uh, giving you worst case scenarios so you can feel better. Uh, now what we're going to do in my group is like, we'll have four by six cards, we get there early out in the meeting, after the icebreaker. or something um, that, you know, not are going to pass out the cards and just say, hey, just take a couple minutes and write from memory the verse. And then after you've done that, we'll all say it together. And that way, even if you don't have it perfectly, you're just kind of, eh, condemnation, eh, no, man, Jesus. Eh, yeah. um, so uh, anyway, uh, that's an important part of rooted, right? Memorizing the verse. Uh, number three, life experiences. One of the things we love about Rooted is designed to be experiential. It's more than just a Bible study or discussion. It's designed to be experiential in your daily experience, uh, the group experience. And then there's also some outside-the-group experiences. So there are two outside-the-group experiences you do with your whole group that uh, are very important, a key part of Rooted. I just want to highlight those for you. Number one is between week number three and week number five, Somewhere in there, on like a Saturday morning or a Sunday afternoon, you're going to get together with your group for what they call a prayer experience. uh, It's like, it involves fasting too, so prayer and fasting experience. And it's going to be awesome. And it'll probably be like, my group was like a Saturday morning, 830 to 12, something like that. And so when you get to your group, they'll talk more about that. that. It's nothing kind of super weird or anything. It's just uh, going to be a great time. Uh, And then the second experience is called a serve experience. And this happens between week six and week seven. So ideally, the week of February 24th, 25th, this will be sort of like an all-serve type event, um, but it will be a little bit more relational, all right? So I'm going to tell you about how that works. So when you get to your group, you'll hear more about that. And then number four, the fourth thing is what we call sharing your story. So an important part of Rooted is we want to help every follower of Jesus be able to share kind of their spiritual journey, their story with someone who asks them. Hey, like, you're religious, or you go to church, or have you always been? They just want to know a little about your story. That You'd be able to share your story, just very brief, kind of less than two minutes. Uh, that's just basically a simple, hey, what life was like before Jesus, how I met Jesus, what's happened since, right? And so it's kind of, kind of very easy. Now, when you get to week nine of the, of the study, they're going to walk you through how to craft your story. But in preparation for that, every week of our Rooted group, that we'll have a couple people from our group just share their story, like less than two minutes. Um, and it's going to be a great way to get to know each other, but also kind of get used to like telling our story. And so if you want to get a heads up on that, you can look at week nine, kind of see how to, how to do that. But to make it easy, the first couple weeks, we've asked our hosts and leaders to share their story. So you've got a couple weeks to see how this works and kind of they can model that for you so that you'll kind of learn what we're, what we're looking for. All right, so that's an important thing. So those are four things that are very important part of the rooted experience that are not part of a normal, kind of regular life group. And so I just want to kind of make you aware of that so when you go to your covenant, your potluck this week, you don't have that deer in the headlights look. Like, uh, no one ever told me about that. Uh, okay, so, name it, all right. Now, uh, what I want to do is I wrap up, and don't get your hopes up because it's a long wrap-up, but uh, <laughs> as I begin to wrap it up, I have one final challenge, and there in your note sheet there's a section called Rooted the Challenge. And so, uh, so to, to give you, before I give you this challenge, I need to set it up. So a lot of you know that for the last year, we just have since God moving and preparing us for this day. And so uh, it was about a year ago, uh, maybe it was uh, early winter, that uh, we really felt like God was calling us as leadership team. We needed to come alongside every follower of Jesus at Rocky Peak and help them get a clear understanding of this epic vision in a way that we could really embrace it and on top of that, we felt like the next step in our journey of transformation as a church was to help every believer, remember Ponta Anthropo, every believer um, develop a regular rhythm of relationship and their personal time with God because we so much believe it's a, it's a key ingredient in the transformation process. And so way back like in February, somewhere in there, February, March, we decided as a team two things. Number one, that in January of this year, so right now, that we were going to do a series to kick off the new year on pursuing God one-on-one. We're going to do a series. But secondly, we were going to do something we'd only done once in 13 years. We're going to have all of our life groups go through the same study together, and it would be not just uh, cerebral, but it'd be practical, that there would be a way to practice this so that if we could learn how to do a rhythm of relationship for 10 weeks, that that we're well on the way to establishing a spiritual habit that can lead to transformation for the rest of our life. And so way back in like February, we made that decision, but we didn't know which curriculum, what kind of book or something we're gonna use in the small groups, and so we're gonna pray about that. And uh, Dre and I actually came across a new book that was written, we thought this might be the one, and we began uh, listening to that, reading that, exploring that, but then in June, God kind of stretched out and, and, and met us in a very uh, serendipitous and supernatural way. And I realized those are sort of opposites, but it was very paradoxical. And so um, what happened, to understand this, we have to go back to the story we started the day with. So when we left, me, (laughs) I was riding high, literally, uh, standing up on this new bike, uh, riding through the incredible forests of Oregon. And like I told you, that there was a lot of rain that year. And, uh, and so I knew I'd be going through a lot of, uh, kind of streams, uh, water hazards along the way. It's part of the fun. And so I had already gotten through the first one, it was about 30 yards long, and charged through that and done well. And, and so I come into the second one. The second one, I can see in the distance, it's rapidly approaching, and it's much more complicated. There's like three different water obstacles covering the road about 30 yards apart. So you're going to have to navigate through one, navigate through the other, navigate the other. And there are logs in them. There's logs floating in these things. And so as I'm approaching, I'm getting a little bit more nervous, you know, because I'm not that gifted an off-road rider. It's sort of new to me riding this big bike. And so as, we, as I get close, I screech on the brakes. I come to a stop. The good news is I stop before I hit the water. The bad news, it was on a slight incline. The bike weighs over 500 pounds. I have, over, uh, I have a, a equipment on top of that. And adventure bikes are really tall, so you can barely touch the ground, you know, because they have to have high clearance. And so, uh, and so I'm on this bike, and there is no way I can back it up. And it's all water in front of me. And there's no way I can get off the bike because it was uneven ground, and I would have dropped the, the bike in the water. And so I'm sitting there for literally two or three minutes, just like, what do I do? I was like, pretty soon, it's like, it's only one option. I got to go through. I don't know how deep it is. I don't know what's going to happen, but I got to go through And so I was like, yeah, here we go. And I, I hit the gas and go through, and underneath the water, unbeknownst to me, are two, like, uh, birch logs, trees, that are slick as whatever, because they are... They're underwater. They've been under water for a long time. And the moment my front tire hits him, my bike put and just jerks down to the right hard. It goes down hard to the right, and it throws me off. And, uh, and so my bike now is upside down in this water, this big water hole. My, the back tires are up above the ground. They're not even touching the ground. The right side, the, the, right, the engine and the ignition, and all, all underwater. And I am freaking out. And I jump up, fortunately not injured, jump up, and I, got, I jump in the water hole to get this thing out. I don't know how deep it is. It goes up to my knees. So now I'm up to my knees in this mud hole with a bike above me, uh, five, 600 pounds, and whatever they tell you about adrenaline and accidents, it's not true. Because <laughs> I'm like, ooh. Uh! I'd hurt my back really badly two days before. This is not working. And so in panic, it's like, I gotta get everything off this bike and and reduce the weight. And so I'm ripping up sleeping bags and ripping off stuff, camping in tents. I'm just throwing stuff everywhere. I jump back in the hole. And of course, I know this is not gonna make a difference, but I have to do it. And so I jump in and sure enough, uh, uh. and so after, you know, 15 minutes of this, it's like, I am stuck. I'm in the middle of nowhere. No tow truck can get to where I'm at. Impossible. Um, I barely have any cell phone coverage. It depends on where I stand. Um, and I, I'm out in the middle of nowhere. I'm a long way from civilization. You know, like there's no one to come get me, right? So I decided the last, okay, finally I had to do the, the one thing I didn't want to do. Before I, I, I had brought with me an emergency satellite transponder, they can send a text out from anywhere in the world, because I knew this was a little dangerous. <laughs> it's one smart thing, and uh, and so I, I I send this out and I actually get a call back on this thing from uh from a woman in Texas, an emergency help center in Texas. Hey, y'all! It was a. It was a sign of things to come, I'm telling you. And she was super nice and super helpful. And, of course, she's got my GPS coordinates, you know, on her, on her things. You can see where I'm at. And uh, so I explain. I'm not hurt. I just need to sing. And she says, okay, I'll see what I can do. I'll get, I'm going to make some calls, get someone out there to help you. And I'm thinking, awesome, search and rescue, right? Because, I mean, I'm in the middle of nowhere, right? It's like I don't need, like, Joe's towing, right? <laughs> 45 minutes later, I get a call. Hey, this is Joe. No, it was like, this guy, This was a small town tow truck from 30 miles away. And he says, this is really weird. I've never got a call like this before, but I got a call from an emergency center. And so what is going on? And so I tell him the story. And he's like, well, where are you? I, go, I don't really know. I've been crisscrossing trails. Uh, I'm near Crescent Lake. He's Crescent Lake. That's a huge area. I just sent a guy out there to pick up somebody. It took him 30 minutes to even find them. And they were on a road. I'm like, well, listen, you're the only hope I have. (laughs) And and he says, well, I'll tell you what. I'm not really sure what to do. But uh, I go off in 45 minutes. I can let the next person know. And at this point, I'm just, this is not working. <laughs> I'm a long way from anywhere. I don't know how this is going to work. I, I'm usually a pretty good problem solver, but I'm a problem solver. I, I just can't. I'm, I'm visualizing thousands of dollars of engine repair. Probably need to get this, uh, this, this bike tra- towed to a Triumph shop probably 100 miles away. I'm out in the middle of nowhere. No tow truck can get. What I really need is like a, a, a four-wheel drive vehicle with a winch to pull me out. And, uh, and so that's what I really need. But, uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, in the middle of nowhere, how would I even find that person? And so I began to set up my camp because it's like I'm getting cold. The, the mosquitoes are so thick. I've got a full face helmet. I never took it off. I mean, it's eating me alive. I've got a Gore-Tex riding clothes on. I mean, my, I'm super wet because uh, the water's getting into my boots down from the mud hole. But I cannot take anything off. And so uh, I just want to give you a feel for this. I've got a couple pictures, right? <laughs> so they're not, these are not awesome pictures because I was not really in, hey, let's set this up really nice kind of mode. But it'll give you a feel. So here we go. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, now what it doesn't show you is right next to the log, between the log and the motorcycle, when you stand there, it's like uh, up to your knees, all right? And so you can see how the, the kind of the, you can, okay, yeah, here's another one. Yeah. I tried to get the log and like prior to, no, that didn't work. Let's go, let's go some more. Yes, here's another angle. Yeah, okay, next. This is me throwing all my stuff off, right, with the bike. And, and now I'm feeling, like, okay, it's going to get super cold now at night. I, I need to get like some, I need to get my tent up. I need to get some stuff dry so I don't freeze to death. So next shot. Here's me, you have know, myself hanging in the trees. So, back to the story, right? Okay, so about seven o'clock, I call back the emergency place. Like, hey, this is not working. No, no, the guy's coming for you. He is? He said he might. The yeah, guy's coming. So it turns out this guy's conscience is getting a hold of him. And he's like, I don't want the death of this man on my conscience. He's, I, he's telling me, like, I, I don't know if I could sleep tonight knowing you were out there and yourself. I mean, people may not come by for days, you know. And, uh, and so he's got a four-wheel drive expedition, and he's going to come look for me. And by this time, we talked enough on the phone to we knew it kind of like I, was, I passed a country store. I took a road, and, I was like, and then there was like an abandoned airstrip. And he's like, oh, I thought I knew what you're talking about, but now I don't. And he's like, oh, wait, wait. No, I do remember the, the band. Go, oh, good. And then I went down and then a few miles and there was a railroad track. Yeah, I can picture that. Well, there was a road. And it's a dirt road and it took off there, not after. And, and so we got to where we were pretty sure he knew where I'd left the road into the wild. And so He says, okay, I'm coming, so about 8 o'clock at night, he starts coming looking for me. And of course, you know, my cell's cutting in and out, so he's texting me. And so he starts texting me and says, okay, here's the plan. When I start going off-road, I'm going to start honking. (laughs) Text me if you hear the honk. Five minutes would go by. Have you heard the honk? No honk. 10 minutes go by, have you heard the honk? It's pitch black, you know, no honk. Finally, yes, I hear the honk. I was never so excited to hear a honk in my life. I thought I was gonna die. So he comes out, he has to go through that first water, you know, 30 yard water thing. And he's like, "Uh, I don't know if I can make it through there. I'm like, oh dude, you've got to make it through there. He's like, no, if we both get stuck, we're both stuck out here. I said, listen, I will walk through the whole thing to show you. I walked 30 yards through the water just to show him, look, it's solid. See, it's not like super muddy. He makes it through. He comes and he says, oh, he sees my bike. Oh, like, man, I don't know what to do. Like, you know what to do. You're my only hope, you know, Thought you know somebody, you know. He says, no, I don't have to do it. He says, well, I said, well, can we just try to get it up? It took us an hour to stand that bike up, and he was a big guy. He got down in the mud. He was awesome. Uh, I paid him, too, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> we got that bike. We bought that bike. It took us literally 15 minutes to get the bike up. Now it's still in the hole. Now we have to attach a tow rag from his expedition to my bike. And after multiple tries where the bike would almost fall over and fall on me, you know, in the saying, we finally got it out. And it was like, he's like, but I don't know what to do now. And I said, well, let me try the ignition. And I I tried the ignition and that sucker lit up. It was like, (laughs) I'm like, yes! Eight hours underwater and it lit up. I'm like, I love you bike. You are my favorite bike. You are a triumph! <laughs> and so he loads all my stuff up in the back of his expedition, all my tent, all my what clothes, the whole thing. And I gotta, now i got to ride back through the forest at dark, through the water obstacles. And it was so much fun. <laughs> It was like this moon, a full moon out. It was like, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I get back to the main road after midnight, find a hotel, a single hotel by the side of the road, and it was just awesome. <laughs> and so you ask me, so why are you telling this story, this cool story? Like, what does that have to do with rooted? I'm like, well, nothing. It's just an awesome story. <laughs> no. No, it's what happened next that was so awesome. It's what happened because, you know, when I'm out there, I got to tell you, that morning when I was in Eureka, I was having a very heart to heart one on one with Jesus. And and before I left, I said, Lord, I just want to go through this again because this is kind of risky. I felt good about it. I pray about it. I'm by myself, it's kind of risky. Uh, I hurt my back badly two days ago. That's, that's not a good thing. Um, I was supposed to have digital tracks for my GPS. When I got up here, they wouldn't work. I'm having to go with paper maps. are very difficult to navigate, big forest maps. Uh, like everything about this is kind of seeming going wrong. So are you sure that this is still a good plan, right? And to the best of my knowledge, I feel like the Lord would say, I'm with you. And I've had so many times in my life where I've gotten out of the boat and onto the water and he said, "Let's trust me." with it. And it's like, okay. And so when this bike is in the hole, and I'm there thinking I'm going to die, I'm like, uh, Jesus, remember that conversation we had like earlier, you know? And it's like, God, what are you up to, right? And the whole time, just trying to fight despair. It was one of the worst days of my life, and and trying to fight despair. And just like, okay, I'm just like, what is God doing, right? So the next day, I get up at this hotel. I call my uh, I I call my uh, my my mechanic in To, and I said, hey. Uh, Here's what happened. He said, listen, Lynn, check, <coughs> check your bike for this and this and this. If, it's, if those are good, I think you're good to go. These bikes are tough. They're made for this. I checked that, that, and that was all good. And so I take off. I rode eight hours. I rode eight hours to Tacoma. I stayed with friends. And then I was going to ride uh, four and a half hours to Spokane to spend some time with friends. This was all on normal roads now. I was done with the other. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, but along the way, I began to have intermittent ignition problems. And I tried to clean it up, and it, I thought it was fixed, but then it wasn't. And that led to a whole nother drama, uh, being you know, stranded by the side of the road, the bike won't start, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I'll skip over that, don't have time for that. But I eventually limp into Spokane. I find out, that this, the Triumph dealer in Seattle said, we can't see you for three weeks. But I found out the number one dealer in all the U.S., for uh, Triumph Mechanics is in Spokane, where my friend was. And so I had called them. They were awesome, but I arrived on a weekend when they weren't open, and they weren't going to open till Tuesday. And I was only going to spend two nights there. I was going to leave Tuesday morning, but because my bike was broken, they couldn't see it till Tuesday, I was going to stay longer. So when I first uh, called into town, I'm with this friend. He used to go to Rocky Peak. I did. He and his wife's wedding years ago. They're close friends. And so um, I, I, when I pull in and we start talking, they start telling you, we have got to tell you about this small group experience. It's kind of new. It's come from Africa. It's kind of new in the U.S., but it's just having this huge impact on our church, and it's called Rooted, and I'd never heard of it before. And he begins telling me, but from the very beginning, I just sensed like, it's like a Holy Spirit sense, like, hmm, something. I think mean, there's something here, something here for us. And the more he talks, the more interested I get. And then he says on Monday, he say hey, listen, I've been thinking about this. He says, because your motorcycle's broken and because it has to go in the shop and you have to stay an extra day, my group, our rooted group, is on Tuesday night. Why don't you come with me to my rooted group? Like, okay. And I went, and it was just like, I just continued to grow. There is something here. And so when I left there, I went to see my sister in Montana, but then I came home a week early because this whole adventure had kind of been ruined. And so... (laughs) When I get home my first day back in the office, I spend five and a half hours going through this rooted book. And I'm telling you, as I'm reading it, I am wiping tears from my eyes. And the reason is, is because I've been doing this a long time, and I have never in all my life seen any small group study that tells the epic story that I talked about earlier, as well as rooted. It is not black and white. It is not, it tells the full picture of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, how we grow in that relationship, the story of shalom from beginning to end and the part that we play. And it is amazing. And as I'm reading it, I had emailed my assistant and said, hey, I'm just curious. I'm, I'm sensing from the, this is before I even read it. Before, I'm just sensing the Holy Spirit might be in this. This might be something we're going to do it this start of the year. Could you just find out is there any training around on like how you train your leaders and that sort of thing? And she emails me back right away and says, you're not going to believe this, but the church that brought it to the United States is in Orange County. And it's like once or twice a year they do a big training and it's next week. And because you're home early, you can go. And so we took 10 of our leaders from Rocky Peak. We went and we fell in love and we just felt the Holy Spirit all over this thing. This is the, the next piece of a story that's been developing over a year. And so this fall we did the pilot groups and now we're ready to launch. And we've got more people than ever before in our life groups. We're going to be going through this together and it's going to be awesome. But here's my challenge. I absolutely love Rooted. It is amazing. It's not only a great story; it tells it in the way, even in our own language. If I could have commissioned, said, "Hey, could you use Rocky Peak language to tell the story," this would be Rooted. It so it fits us like a glove. It's unbelievable, and I believe it has the power to change lives. So one of the things I've learned over the years is that. That God creates tools. He creates sermons. He creates messages. He creates worship songs. He creates retreats. He creates courses. And they're incredible tools that God uses to transform people's lives. But this is what I know that it's never really the tool, the tool is just the instrument. What transforms our lives is when we listen and follow the Holy Spirit. And so here's my challenge. Yes, it's incredible curriculum. Yes, but it's not the curriculum. It's what the Holy Spirit is going to say to you through the study that is the power to change your life. And so my challenge to you is that you would jump in with both feet. These next 10 weeks are going to be challenging. There's more to do. There's verses to read, there's time to spend. there's outside, yes, it's gonna be challenging, but I'm gonna challenge you to jump in with both feet, to embrace this with all your heart, to say, God, I'm in, and I'm yours, and whatever you wanna say, I'm here to listen. And that you would embrace the study, and you would memorize the verses, and you would go to your group each week, And you would do the outside experiences, but more than anything else, when the Holy Spirit speaks, that you would not turn away, that you would listen, and you would follow, and you'd be honest, and you'd be authentic, and you'd let the Lord transform us as a church. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we are so excited to be ready to embark on this journey, and we pray now that your Holy Spirit would lead us cloud by day, fire by night. Like Moses said, God, he said, if you don't go with us on this journey, we don't want to go. And then he said, God, show us your glory. Show me your glory. And that is our prayer. God, we're just saying that if you don't go, that we don't want to go. It's not the rooted that's so special. It's your that's so special. But you haven't created this powerful tool through which I believe you will speak. And so I pray that you would give us a heart to listen, to embrace, and then to follow. And we pray as we worship you now, God, we pray that you would speak to us in a powerful way as we bring our gifts, our tithes, our offerings, and you'd launch us on this journey together. We pray in Christ's name, amen. Would you stand with me? Lord, that is our prayer, that you'd show us your glory, and we know that it requires that we surrender and bow down. We let you lead and we follow. God, we know that you speak to those who are willing to listen. And so God, we pray that over these next 10, 11 weeks that you'd be speaking loud and clear, each to us by name, casting vision for our lives, telling us of your love, your plan, your vision, and how we fit into this larger epic vision to bring all creation healed and restored under your leadership. And so God, we pray that you would uh, transform our lives, that you would bring your shalom, your your healing, your wholeness to our lives and that, that we then would be people who deliver shalom wherever we go. And so God, we pray that your spirit will be over us, lead us every step of the way. We give you this series, we give you our groups, we give you our lives, we give you the next 10, 11 weeks and pray that your name would be lifted up and we would be changed. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Hey, <laughs> right, A couple of things as we go. First of all, if you're not yet in a life group and you wanna still get in one, then just go out afterwards and our life group team will help you see if we can find the right group for you. Secondly, if you have pre-ordered your, your rooted bags, there's a table out there, you can go and pick those up. If you have not, uh, if you have not yet ordered your bag and you need to you get one, here's the challenge. We have sold so many this weekend that we are running out of bags. So we still have the books, and so if you go up, you can buy your book. We will order bags this week, have more bags for you next week. Now, uh, one of the is that we've had a few people, and we don't know if this is widespread or not, but a few people said their rooted books are missing the first two weeks of Covenant. There's like blank. And so uh, what we're going to do is that later today, we're gonna to email out to everyone, uh, everyone, I guess in the church, we're gonna email out uh, our covenant for this week's life group. But we are also attaching a PDF of the first two weeks. If you happen to have one of those books that doesn't have it, and again, I don't know, it's only three people, so I don't know how widespread. But if you don't, just use the PDF for your group this week. We will get new books and we'll trade them in for you, all right? And so so that's it for today. May the Lord be with you. May this be a week of rapid growth. Of listening and following. Maybe a week as we go to our groups, we are open to whatever God wants to do. We are jumping in with both feet. And as we listen and as we follow, may He show us His glory. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you. I'll see you next week.